Welcome to the Beyond Green 365 podcast. This podcast educates homeowners on how to make healthier choices when updating, remodeling, or building a new home. Step Beyond Green to Healthy supports, advocates, and educates for healthier indoor environments. We make every effort to offer healthier options and learning opportunities. However, our assistance is not specific medical advice for any one person and or medical condition. For specific medical advice, please contact your physician. The content provided by Step Beyond Green to Healthy is for your information only. Any application of this information is your responsibility entirely. Here is your host, Jonathan Sinovic. Welcome everybody to this week's episode. I had a chance to sit down with Fred Hoppy of Hoppy Tree Service. Hoppy Tree Service was established in 1972 by Fred's grandfather, father, and uncle. Fred spent his entire life with this tree service company. He's never had another job, and he's also never lived anywhere else. He lives currently with his wife and three kids in Wauwatosa, Wisconsin. That's just outside of Milwaukee, for those of you listeners who are not from the Milwaukee area. His entire life, he's had one job and lived in one area. That's absolutely crazy. But that didn't stop Fred back in 2001 for becoming a third-generation owner, along with his brother, He's actually a board-certified master arborist. He got that in 2002, and there are only 900 board-certified arborists in the world. Not just the United States, everybody, the world. He also is the vice president of the Wisconsin Arborist Association. Hoppy has three locations in southeastern Wisconsin. But he prides himself on giving back to the community, and he does that in two ways. The first one is he's very active in the ground, county grounds parks group. He's eliminated over an acre of buckthorn And he's also logged over 2,000 trees in that area as well. They're currently developing a new planting strategy to make sure that those 2,000 trees are always available and growing. He also does something called the Kids Climb where he takes uh, kids and he puts them in all their rigging gear and sends them up a tree and shows them how to be in trees and climb safely. He does that at public events throughout the Milwaukee area as well as he does it with the Boys and Girls Clubs um, as well. He's very also active in parades. He loves to give back. He loves what he does, and I can't wait to have him talk today. Enjoy the topic. Excited to have Fred Hoppy back today to talk a little bit further about trees, but specifically this time is something he calls the Urban Wood Lab. Fred, what is the... Urban Wood Lab. Well, I wear a lot of hats at Hoppy Tree Service, and, you know, the Urban Wood Lab is uh, actually what I take off the hat and put on the the coat. (laughs) (laughs) A coat? Or lab. It's going to be a white one, right? We're going to do a white coat, and, you know, I I feel like you're going to have some pencils or pens in the pocket or something, right? (laughs) (laughs) We are cooking up all sorts of great stuff there. So what the Urban Wood Lab is, it's our our store of uh, local wood products, basically. You know, what we do is we try and recycle as many of the trees that we have to take down that we can. You know, are, are we're dedicated to finding the, the highest and best use for local lim- uh, lumber, local timber that has to come down. You know, we're not like your traditional um, uh, building material store where, you know, they're, they're buying manufactured wood from uh, tree farms, you know, trees that were raised specifically for that purpose and taken down for that specific purpose. You know, what we have are trees that had to come down, whether it's from uh, disease, insect issues, poor health of the tree, um, that tree was in the way of a, a remodel or a, a construction, or we have 
uh, people building new houses and they have a wooded lot, you know, and wanting to uh, uh, utilize some of that wood from their very lot. So, so, so if I could kind of, I think what you're saying is I've seen throughout, especially living in the city here in Wisconsin, um, I see these, you know, these people, these trees getting cut down. I see them put in a larger chunks and they just go away. So I, I guess I just assume that, I mean, historically, these larger sections of tree have been just actually either thrown away in a landfill or chopped up or something. So you actually have a new concept to what to do with some of this. Yeah, absolutely. So like, just like you said, you know, in the past, um, you know, trees would have to be just completely put through the chip, chipper, through the shredder, brush chipper, um, taken to a landfill, burned. Um, and it's a shame. There's some really beautiful wood that is out there that um, could ultimately be used. But in a lot of instances in the past, it wasn't. So it's quite a movement that we're a part of. So something had to spark this thought. I mean, so you've been cutting trees ever since you were a young lad, your third gen generation, as, as we all know. So I mean, you've been throwing away, or I guess throwing away is the wrong word. We've been disposing of tree trunks for you know a, a century or so. What sparked this idea that you should do something different? There had to be a passion behind it. Yeah, well, at, at Hoppy Tree Service, we do a lot of different parts of tree care, uh, plant health care, pruning, removal has always been a part of what we do, um, but you know, it became a really large part of what we did um, over a decade ago when emerald ash borer first became a big problem in our area. Sure. Um, so at that point, we were seeing you know, a good 50% of our business was taking trees down. Um, and we love saving trees and keeping them healthy, but, you know, we're good at taking them down if needed. <laughs> sure. But, you know, in that process, we were coming across just a lot of, a lot of wood, you know. And uh, so part of it was uh, there's just some really beautiful pieces that we just felt dirty, like just cutting up small and, like, finding anyone or anything to, to dispose of it for us. Um, also, so. One component was just the wastewood management of it, um, but also these really cool pieces, you know. So you think of like a your traditional lumber store, you, they have their, their grades of wood, their select grade, you know, clear, you know, no knots or anything like that. For us, the more character, the better. Sure. So we want to have those knots. We want to have the little metal pieces in it. We want to see uh, some spalting, or which is actually just decay pattern in a tree. So all that stuff makes for really unique stuff that can be uh, one-off pieces. That's one that, like, every piece in our store is different. That's a really cool thing to say and to think about. Hard to kind of wrap your head about, around it. So Everyone's <laughs> priceless when it really comes down to it. Well, they're all unique, right? Because Absolutely. Because you're, you're never going to find two pieces of wood the same. Um, might be similar, but not the, not the same for sure. So you had this, this pest come through. You see this huge uptick in cutting trees down as opposed to um, shaping them, pruning them, trimming them, um, and you felt this need to do something with it. So it's a piece of cake, right? So I decided that one day you're just going to saw them up into, into logs, and it's just, it's just like that. You were Tell us a little bit. Of, I'm sure it's a little bit more, more than this idea. It, it, did it take something? I mean, what is the process of cutting it to the process of seeing it in one of your stores? Yeah, it was. Uh, uh, that's why we called it the Urban Wood Lab. It was a big experiment for us. So you did wear lab coats. That's excellent. <laughs> we did. <laughs> chainsaw protective lab coats sure, right? sure. Um, yeah so i mean there was a lot of uh um you know trial and error you know we are um like i said before we're great at you know keeping trees alive healthy and thriving but when it comes to you know uh knowing how to cut certain species into certain pieces and know what the client wants so optimizing a mill we have a, a bandsaw that we do all our cutting on um 
that takes a lot of trial and error. You know, you can only learn so much. There's like an art and science to it is what we've learned. A different species um, um, need to be cut different ways to get, you know, certain design elements out of it. Um, so once again, it's kind of a lot listening to the client about what they want, but also, um, you know, experimenting, you know, uh, and with the, the kiln, that's a whole nother beast there, you know, um, stacking the wood in such a way that will uh, uh, quicken that, that drying period is important. And, you know, also, but not drying it too quickly, you know, you don't, it's just like kind of uh, like a, um, a microwave cooked dinner versus, you know, something in a stove, you know, the taking that shortcut doesn't always lead to the best results. So it's not all about drying it as quickly as possible, but as efficiently as possible, but in a way that's going to um, keep the integrity of that wood in the, in the way that you want it to. Got it. So, so, so we're going to, you guys cut the actual trees down, take them off to a mill, mill. You, you've learned the art, which is again, back to that lab coat. Love it. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to have to get you a white chainsaw friendly <laughs> lab coat. Um, so, so, so we mill it, and then you're using this word kiln, okay? And so, I, I'm sure people out there understand kiln dry something, but why is it important? Why is it even necessary? Why can't we just take that cut wood and use it? Yeah, so you could, but it's going to move on you. So, oh. wood is dynamic. It's always changing, uh, just uh, like uh, the humidity throughout the season. So, if something's not um, dried to certain specifications, you know, when you if you so if you start a project when it's not dried completely, at some point you're going to bring it inside and it's going to dry and it's going to move on you. So that's going to be a real big problem. Nothing's going to line up correctly. So that's what the importance of kiln drying is. Got it. So it starts at I mean I guess from a generic point of view, if it started at a at a piece that was you know 12 inches long, it might kill an action. It might lose an inch out of that or a half inch on that because you're saying it might shrink or depending on the environment, actually might expand to what is, is forever moving, correct? And so what you're trying to correct. do is get it as much of it as that movement as you can out by drying it to its lowest, you know, to its moisture Yeah, point. stabilizing it to a point that you, that project can be completed and, and not worry about it moving dramatically over time. And if it, I'm sure you've seen pieces then, is that where twisting comes or, I mean, is it, I mean you've seen it all, I'm sure, but I mean, is, is that what even when you talk about cutting, importance of why you can't just slice it and be done with it. My guess is knowing how a wood's going to dry is also just as important. Yeah, and that kind of comes down to species. Like pin oak is a, it's a hardwood species that we see a lot of in our area, but, you know, cut certain ways, um, it's going to fall apart a lot easier than others. Hmm. So that's something we learned. <laughs> I'm sure the hard way, too, no, no doubt. Yes, yes, we're not loggers from up north. So we're, me and my brother are just city kids from uh, Wauwatosa here. <laughs> sure. um, but we, we figured it out. But we've, I mean, what we've done, we've teamed with uh, Urban Wood Wisconsin. We've teamed with a team at our own company that spends a lot of time um, educating themselves, learning by experience. So um, we've learned a lot in the, these last few years. Sure. So then we get it out of the kiln. And is it just ready to go then? Is, is that something then, then you put it on display to sell, or is, it, or, or is there another process? Yeah, no, at that point. So it's kind of to back up. So um, when we're taking a tree out of a yard, we, you know, us are on our sales team, when we're out going to do that initial uh, conversation with the client, uh, we'll kind of identify species that um, are sought after. If they don't want to do anything with the wood, we'll try and save it from the, from the, um, the dump or from the chipper. Um, and at that point, it's kind of figuring out, you know, how long, how, how large a piece we can get with the equipment that we have. We're working in urban areas, so uh, small backyards with uh, um, 
fences in a lot of cases. So that kind of directs how big a piece that we can get. So mm. we we get the tree down, um, identify good candidates for uh, for making lumber. Um, then we take it to our farm in Grafton, our Grafton location. We call it the farm. Um, so we try and mill it as soon as possible at that point and uh, um, space out the pieces so that there's good airflow. And we'll have about, you know, on average about a three-month or so air drying period before we put it in the dry kiln. So then it's in the kiln. Um, and then after that point, it's really ready to go. Hmm. You know, well, it's, it's rough cut, so... Um, you may need to do some finishing, uh, whether it's planning, planing it down using an industrial drum sander, uh, straight line ripping edges so that you can use it for a glue up. So, um, but pretty much it's it, it's it's in its state when it can uh, it, that it can be used right out of the kiln. No kidding. As and far is, as water content, moisture content. And is that when, when you're talking about the milling process? Do uh, I, I think we've all seen on HGTV or anything, you know, like the bark edges? Like, is that stuff stuff still on it, or do you tend to find that during your process, you know, we're we're bark free? So if you're looking for that bark edge, it's still going to be sculpted, I would imagine, based on whatever that was. But I mean, what what, what would one expect coming into your showroom? We kind of have it all. So down in Caledonia um, is where our, our our Urban Wood Lab store is, and that's where we have all our wood products on display. Um, it's our newest location for the, the tree service as well. Um, but we have pieces that have the bark on it. We have oh. pieces that, you know, they call that a live edge. There's the natural edge, which has the bark off. So it kind of depends on what kind of design, design element you want. I'm a fan of having that bark off. I think you can get a really nice kind of contemporary look to it and not necessarily uh, super rustic. Um, but to each their own. We have pieces that uh, have it on there. We have ones that don't. You know, there are strategies in that kind of the finishing process to help keep that bark on. Um, time of the year that you actually do that milling has a, a hand in that bark keep staying on as well as uh, what type of tree it is. You talked a little bit about, and you touched on timeline. I, I think that's kind of critical. So, I mean, I could probably have you cut my tree tomorrow and I could get my wood and it sounded like just a couple of months. Or is it a longer process? Like, like what, what would one expect um, from the time that you cut to the time that you might be able to pick up? Yeah, so that's a good point. There's the, the time from when that tree is removed to when it's kind of given back to the, the client. That's about a six-month process on six average. Months. And when you say give back to the client, I think that's another interesting thing. I know I've been asked from a, a couple people throughout the years, I've got this, this black walnut, I've got this really nice nice wood, I like to do some, some you know, something with it, a millet, um, and they've been told historically from other companies that they can't, that that's not something, that stuff in the city, because it might have nails, it might have imperfections in it. But in chatting with you, you guys have a different thought process on that. Yeah, I should have backed up. I mean, we, we love doing uh, custom milling. Um, that's a, a big part of, it's, it's really fun to kind of complete that whole circle um, from, you know, a lot of times clients have to take a tree down and they don't necessarily want to, whether it's, like we mentioned, in the way of uh, remodel, or it's just not doing well health-wise. Um, it's a fun way to uh, for them to utilize and find the highest and best use for that that lumber from their own property. It's it's, it's fun creating projects that you can uh, let that the legacy live on for that tree, so to sure. speak. So I so I can do that with you guys. Yep, I can call absolutely. you up and, and there's a, there's a process for you to run me through. Um, and is that something that you are okay with? Is that something you do a one-off? Or would you actually prefer, you know, most to have someone say, hey, I really, I want you to take this down, but I kind of want it back? Yeah, no, we love uh, keeping that wood on site. That's kind of like our, our, our passion. We love to do that. We do have, you know, the wood at our store is just, you know, kind of those 
discarded lonely pieces of wood that have no home anymore. Mm -hmm. But we love keeping those. Uh, they would those, want a home, those, everyone. They want a home. Those, <laughs> those trunk babies to stay with their family, so to speak. Because um, it's just it's really fun, and it's kind of it's a it's a it's a um, feel good story at the end of the day, um, and it's uh, and it's like I said, it's just beautiful beautiful pieces too that are very unique. Got it. So if if I'm looking to go down there, is it is it something that do you guys offer any type of finishing, or do you collaborate with other companies? Let's just say that. I, I find a beautiful piece in there, but I don't have all the, I don't have a big drum center. I don't I don't have any, I mean, I, I can take it when it's almost ready to go, but I don't necessarily, do you collaborate? Do you guys do anything on the next stage? Yeah, absolutely. So we can help um, pretty much at any stage of the, the project. Like you just said, a lot of people don't have the, those, those big pieces of equipment sitting around in their garage, taking up all that space. <laughs> so we can, uh, we can offer finishing pieces. We can do straight line, straight line ripping, give yourself uh, three straight edges. So you can do a glue up really easily. Um, so we can help in all those. And we actually sell some uh, great uh, finishing products, too. Some um, uh, ones that are, are healthier as well for you. Uh, low VOC, no VOC products so that um, you're not stinking up the house when you're uh, doing those finishing products as well. Wow, that's 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 really kind of neat because I think that's a struggle for most, most people, especially in the urban setting, right? I mean, I don't, I don't have that big wood shop that I, that I may have out in the country that we all, we'd all love to work with. But I think there are definitely pe people who have this passion to want to keep their own tree. Um, I think a lot, uh, a lot of what you said is, is very uh, unique and, and true to, to what even I would want. You know, I want to get that tree back and be able to put it in my house, give it to my kids, say this is part of the house you grew up up in. But, but people struggle with that. I don't have the large wood shop. So it's neat yeah. that you guys offer that next stage. Well, and, and you don't have to take every piece from that trunk, too. You know, oh. we'll give you, you know, say I just want one little piece for a, a, a coffee table and I want to throw some some metal legs on there super nice quick little project we could just provide you with that one piece you don't need to necessarily be done with like having to hold on to like a whole tree worth of wood in your garage taking up all that space well that's also good to know I mean I would just assume that while well, you take my tree I get my tree back but you're saying that if I only need a couple of pieces that would be something that you guys would be able to do with yeah and, and that's something that you know salespeople at our company uh, arborists when they're on site taking a look at your tree work and kind of um, talk to you more about, you know, and we do have uh, our uh, our mill operator, our Sawyer up in Grafton that, you know, helps kind of bridge that, uh, fill in the gaps from like, all right, what's this tree, what shape it's in, what can we really do? So listening to the projects that a, a client might want and matching that up with the reality of what kind of tree they have and what, what can be cut out of it right. and what, what sizes, dimensions. Since you've seen all kinds of different types of trees from the area, because again with the Urban Woodwood Lab you have it's it's all local trees, correct? Correct. Um, so, is there you, what's got the coolest when someone says, "Hey, if you've got this tree in your yard, you definitely want to make sure you call, you know, you, well, you, you know, guys up and mill it because it, it's 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 interesting." So, I'm a big fan. There's kind of two ones that stick out to me, but they um, one is olive ash. So it's just your normal. Uh, green ash and white ash are two prominent genus and species of ash in our in our area, um, but olive ash is just a, a pattern within the tree. It's actually a decay pattern that um, it's really breathtaking. So it's really like kind of dark uh, blotches to it, and with the really blonde uh, uh, younger wood on the outside, the sapwood. Mm -hmm. So that's a really beautiful contrast. It's kind of like. Um, you know, uh, the ash version of black walnut. You know, black walnut, everyone likes a really dark heartwood and the, the blonde sapwood. Mm -hmm. um, so 
certain pieces of ash do that also, but you don't know until it's on the ground. Okay. You know, I've, I've never met someone that can, you know, identify <laughs> that from uh, just looking at it. No kidding. Likewise, there's another uh, uh, figuring uh, spalting, uh, which is really sought after in woodworking. I think really beautiful, and it's, uh, it's kind of the compartmentalization of decay within a tree. So you'll see these streaks, which are actually, um, you know, decay fungi in there that, you know, a healthy tree kind of can compartmentalize that so it doesn't expand. So those can make sort of for some really interesting pieces too. And that can be all across the board in all, any number of different species. No kidding. <laughs> that's incredible. I've never, even, I've never heard most of those words you were just saying. So <laughs> that's neat that we have them in the area. Well, you have to come down to the Urban Wood Lab again and, and talk with the guys down there to talk to you more about it. Definitely, definitely. And, and one more time, where is that Urban Wood Lab at? We're down in Caledonia, just south of, uh, of Ryan Road. So we're between the uh, Elm Road, actually, I'm sorry, the Elm Road exit and Seven Mile Road. It's it's just past that brand new off-ramp, an on-ramp on right That's right, that's Elm Road, yep. You can see us right on, we're on uh, 27th, so the Furnace Road right along 94. And so, and when I was there last, I mean, I, given on an estimate, how many given pieces do you have available in that lab at any given point? Well, it's 3,000 square feet. So oh, I mean, just uh, it's a small space. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and also we are... Uh, um, um, we work with other producers of urban wood in the area, too. So oh, really? we can comfortably say we're the Midwest's largest selection of urban wood, which we're very proud of. So, and what brought that on? Just, just collaboration? Uh, uh, collaboration, yeah. You know, uh, the, um, Urban Wood Network of Wisconsin is uh, we're big supporters of, and it's a great organization that's really uh, um, pushing forward this, uh, um, the whole movement of urban wood utilization. No, no kidding. Excellent. Well, you know, we're just about out of time here. Is there anything else that you want to chat about before we, we head out? No, I'm, well, you said you, uh, I think you promised me a, a white a lab coat that's uh, chainsaw resistant. So <laughs> I know, I guess I'm going to I'm gonna have to track that one down, although I'm going to get one for myself, too. I'm not going to lie. I kind of want one of those, those uh, you know, chainsaw resistant lab coats. We'll have to track one of those down. So excellent. Well, thanks, thanks, Fred, for joining us today. Just kind of a recap: the Urban Wood Lab um, is a, is actually a, in conjunction with Hoppy Tree Service. It's their way of taking some of those trees that sh would end up in a la in a landfill or in the wood ch ch chipper and and putting them back in your house. It's that's a fantastic idea. They also have a store. Uh, you can go down there, take a look at slabs there, as well as finishing products that are healthier for you to work in. So as, as we relate it back to Step Beyond Green to Healthy, it's another way that we can help the environment, but, all, but also finish them with products that are healthy for us. Thanks, Fred, for your time today, and we look forward to hearing from you again. Thank you very much. Step Beyond Green's mission is to create healthier indoor environments for us to live and work in. This is one of the ways that we do this. Please like, subscribe, or share this, as well as leave a comment below about this topic, or maybe it's a topic you'd like us to discuss in the future. As always, stay healthy. We'll see you next time.